This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in First Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I have a friend of mine named LJ, and we're going to be having a conversation about her journey and life as an entrepreneur, and then also we're just going to be diving into fun things and whatever comes up in our conversation. So if you would please introduce yourself, LJ, I would love that, and we can take the conversation from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I go by LJ because it's really tricky to say my first name, which is, it's like Alyssa, but without the A. So I, I have to go on a tangent, which is that like I always called myself LJ, and when I worked for Target, which was my very first job, that's where I got the nickname LJ because nobody could quite nail it, and every time I would go to a Starbucks... Um, it just, it would come back with Lisa on it, which is totally normal for me. But that was actually what inspired my first brand, which was, oh, hey, LJ, or at least my first official launch into entrepreneurship. So it's funny and like in perfect alignment that that happened and, and why I often go by LJ does not, does not bother me at all, but I am LJ and my brand is now Market Her which is kind of the natural extension and the next step of really talking about online marketing for women. When I was thinking about starting a business, originally what I was thinking about is I love working with women entrepreneurs because I am one and I love online marketing and my corporate career, I started as somebody who worked at Target, right? I, I went from kind of being a, an intern there to a store manager. And I was super burnt out and tired working 80 hours a week with an hour long commute. And my next step was going to be to go work at Target corporate. And I was really excited for that opportunity, like mentally, but everything in my soul said, no, this is like, don't do it. Don't go to Minneapolis, which is where the headquarters for Target in, U- in the US are, Target as we call it here in the United States. Um, Everything said, no, don't do it. And that's when I found a corporate career in email marketing. So this is the funny story. I am a certified life coach. I got my life coaching certification when I was still getting burnt out at Target. It took me, supposed to be a six month program. It took me almost nine months to do it because I literally didn't have any time. And while doing that, I started building my first email list. I had no clue what I was doing. This was back in like 2017. But I knew enough, and now I had this like group coaching certification that somehow I managed to convince a corporation that I should become an email marketing trainer, even though I knew very, very little about email marketing. And so for the last three years, I've been hitting the ground running as a corporate email marketing trainer, learning everything that I possibly can and teaching big companies how to use email marketing, which is now turned into my brand Market Her, where one of my big focuses is email marketing, but I love talking about all things digital marketing. So there you have it. You have LJ and market her. I love this. And you know, it's funny. I told you this, but I want to share this in terms of like a manifestation story. So a couple months ago, I was, I was getting coaching from my coach and we were, I was having a conversation with her and I was like, 
you know, I just really feel drawn to learning more about email marketing and growing an email list. I have no, like no idea where to start. And what my friend at the time was like, Oh, you don't need to do that right now. Like you need to do this, this and this, but I just felt called to learn more about it. And then this is literally when I met LJ on Instagram because we connected through the DMs, like just chatting innocently. And I was just laughing because I'm pretty sure I told you this. I was like, I think I manifested you <laughs> because I've been reading and just asking you a couple questions and started on Convert and got rid of MailChimp, you know, so I know how much you love MailChimp. <laughs> I do. So that, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so that I just think that's so cool. And I, I love, I love your story. And you know, what's funny too, is I love, we've talked about human design and you're a manifesting generator, right? True. Yeah. So just you, your brain saying, Oh yeah, go for the corporate job. But then you're, you know, are you an emotional manifesting generator or sacral? I don't know. We're going to have to pull my chart after. Cause I'm okay. still getting, you're my guru in this, in this. Oh, that's field, so funny. But yeah. I, I know intuitively that I have very gut feelings about things. Yeah. I think you might be, you might be a sacral then. So I was going to say that, like that, no, like your body saying, no, don't do this. Like that's a hundred percent, like your intuition, just telling you which way to go. So I love this. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's dive in a little bit more. I'm curious, how did you, before Target, like how did you initially get into deciding to get into life coaching and even just becoming an entrepreneur? Like, I would love if you could share a little bit more about your story. Yeah, I think. It was probably back in about 2014 or 2015, which I have to think is, is sort of the genesis of a lot of this like online entrepreneurship space that you and I, and probably a lot of people listening occupy. And I, there was just this feeling in me, right? I was starting my internship with Target and I was already miserable, like right off the bat, I was getting my degree in business, which I enjoyed. And again, mentally working with my head and not my heart and not my gut, it was like, go climb the corporate ladder. And part of that was in me because I grew up in extreme poverty, right? And I had had a chance. I had gotten a full scholarship to go to a private high school, which then launched me into a full scholarship to go to a private college here in the U.S. called Skidmore. And you know, when you're given that kind of opportunity, I, I know a lot of other people kind of carry these same types of stories with them. When you feel that you're given an opportunity, you start to like harbor this story of like, I can't possibly disappoint all the people who've given me the opportunities and the chances and the, the choices that were given to me. So that's where like the and, and on top of that, I only saw one way of doing it. Like my whole life, I was told like the way that you get out of poverty is to make the right choices, to like create choices for yourself. You get a job, you open up your 401k, you, you like, these are all the things that you do. And those aren't bad pieces of advice, right? Nobody was trying to like steer me wrong there. But right around 2015, I have to say it was probably Facebook ads. Facebook ads were especially like big at the time. I didn't even really know what entrepreneurship was. I had never met an entrepreneur in my life, right? Um, I didn't even know it was a choice, but I started getting Facebook ads and I started finding people like Marie Forleo, who's famous for her course, B-School, Manifestation Babe, Catherine Zinkina, um, all Angie Lee, like all of these different people. And, and through the power of social media, I started to see this option. And I remember seeing that Marie Forleo was a life coach and I was like, what the heck is that? What, it, what does that mean? Like, tell, tell me more. And at the time I was in college and I went from being a fry cook at my college campus to 
to pay my bills. And I saw a poster, a flyer up on the wall that said, we're hiring career coaches in the career center. And I was like, coach, coach, coach. Okay. These people are coaches. I kind of like them. I like their vibe. Let me sign up for this. And when I, I was making, I think $10 an hour us, which is not bad. It's not great. It's, 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 it was good for me to like buy groceries. I started working as a, a career coach in the career center. I learned all about resumes and how to help people basically do marketing for themselves. I didn't see that at the time, but looking back resumes and job, everything is just like, it's marketing yourself. So I was helping by the end of two years of doing that, I was helping people get jobs at like Google and Facebook. And I was like on fire. I was like, I love this coaching thing. Like, where can I, it was like a drug. It's like, where can I get more of this helping people? And I put all the pieces together and I, I found a life coaching school. It's actually in, um, uh, Canada. I did a telecommute while I was at Target. End of story, I became a coach and that put me on this whole trajectory of falling in love with online marketing in the in the process. Oh my gosh, I love I love that story. You know what's so cool is there's been a, there's been so many times now where whenever I chat with people about their journey, like they always say it's it's like these things that just pop up, like repeatedly showing up unexpectedly and you like try to ignore it like a lot of people that I've spoken to about human design who really got into human design were like yeah it came up I pushed it away because it was too complicated and then it kept popping up and then you know I same thing happened with me with coaching and even manifestation like these things just kept coming up and then eventually you just can't ignore it right and it's just like pure universal alignment like here like we're giving you something like take it run with it like on a silver platter which is amazing yeah, I absolutely believe in the divine trail of breadcrumbs, as I like to call it. It's just these little pieces that will kind of lead you when you're actually listening to yourself, they'll lead you in the right direction. And like, how crazy is it that the one corporate job that I happened to land was the one thing that got me into email marketing, which is now like the perfect skill set to now plug me into the online world. Like I couldn't have asked for a better set of circumstances. Now back to being at Target for two years and burnt out, like that version of me was like, am I ever going to figure this out? Like this is, I, I'm just crying on a daily basis. Like I know it's easy when we're listening to a podcast to say it just went boom, bang, boom, boom. And like everything aligned. It's like, no, I spent a lot of time suffering and sad and feeling like I was never going to figure it out. Uh, and it was, it was rough, right. For a long time. But when I started listening to my intuition and kind of following it, that is when everything started working out. And now I believe that everything's always working in my favor. Yes. That's such a great reminder. Actually, let me ask you this. So in those times, like, let's say, I'm sure we're going to have listeners who might be in that boat right now. This like, what the fuck am I doing? How do I figure this out? What were some of the things that you did, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually that or physically as well that allowed you to continue moving forward because you obviously never gave up. Yeah. I mean, there was a part of me to be fair that wanted to give up when I was really miserable. I know target for those who have ever been to the U S or shop at target, like it's such a cultural icon of like, you go to target to shop and like unleash all your stress. And for me being an employee, I was a store manager. I was in charge of seven people directly and then like 250 people indirectly I was making really good money, like, especially for somebody who grew up like really poor. Like I was like 
I'm making so much money, right? This is insane. But I also was working 80 hours a week. And when you cut it down, my hourly employees, who I tried my very best to take good care of, but often couldn't because of my resources, they were actually making more per hour than me. And so I'm upset. I'm sad. I have an hour long commute because honestly, they just didn't give a lot of thought to like wellness of individuals. It's just like, where do we need you? And you're like, you're going to go there. Um, I remember like moments driving down, like it past my hour long commute. And I like look at a gas station and see that they were hiring and be like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go work at a gas station. Like, this is so ridiculous. Like, I don't even, I don't even care. But there was also that part of me that had a responsibility to the money. Now, at the same time, I was also getting into like the concept of, of manifesting. I was starting to make vision boards, but there was still that little part of me that said like this, doesn't work, right? This is silly, but I, but I believed it and I believed in alignment. And one of the things I don't, I think you'll, you'll appreciate this. I, I would just kind of like ask for guidance, right? I'd ask for guidance. Um, when I'm really, really upset and anybody who's ever gone through this will understand what I mean. I lost my father when I was young. Like when I'm really upset, I'll like ask him for guidance and right around that same time, every time, every time I was driving on the highway, I got stuck behind a target truck, like big red bullseye right in front of me. And there was something in my gut that said, just wait, just wait. Like the sign of me being in, 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 on the highway and getting stuck behind the like big tractor trailer truck with the target sign on it was like telling me to be patient. And that there was there, like, you needed to stay at target for a little longer to like live out whatever was meant to be shared with you there. And so eventually I got transferred to a target that was really close to my house and I started becoming a manager there. And that's when the opportunity came for corporate. And then when I got the download that like corporate was actually not it, that's when this job opened up that was like perfect for me. I had been telling myself, and maybe this is where people can relate. I'd been telling myself the story, live in a small ish town in upstate New York, um, pretty rural. If anybody, you hear New York, you think New York City. I live in like the rural, rural part of New York. So I was like, there's never going to be the kind of job that I want to have. I'm picturing myself working at Google, right? That's like my dream is like a really techie, cool company. And I'm like, that's never going to happen in the small town that I live in. There's no opportunity. Like there's no, how is that going to, how is that going to work? And then when I finally stopped being miserable and like did my best to be happy at Target, and I really did. I wasn't 100% happy, but I showed up and I tried my best and things started to change and get better. All of a sudden, a Washington DC based company acquired a little tiny tech company, like little tiny tech company that's in my small upstate New York town. They flew me out to DC to interview me. I showed up and did my thing and like was in my energy. And that's how I landed the, the corporate career. So you know, it, that's manifesting, right? That's being, and what I did before that, what I'll say is because I was getting into manifesting and being intentional and putting my desires out there, I wrote down on a piece of paper, actually at the time it started with notes in my phone. I wrote down exactly how much money I want to make. I wrote down that there was going to be snacks. I wrote down like that there was going to be free time, that I was going to be able to work remotely, that I was going, like I wrote down everything. And there is not a single thing on that list that wasn't true about the corporate career that I started. Not a single, the, the paycheck, the environment, the lifestyle that people around me were living, that I actually liked it, all of it came true. 
I love this. And I'm not going to lie. The thing that really caught my attention was that you wrote snacks on your list. Snacks! And he- specifically healthy snacks. And like, if you walk into the office, I work almost, especially with the time that we're in, I work completely remotely now. But if you were to walk into the corporate office of the company I, I still work for, like there's bins on bins of snacks and they're all like healthy popcorn and like beef jerky sticks. It's a hundred percent exactly how I imagined it. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Oh my gosh. I love, so just so the listeners know, LJ and I, we've chatted in the DMs, like a lot of voice notes and whatnot, but this is the first time we've ever been on Zoom together recording a podcast episode. And so it's really cool. Like I'm also hearing her story for the first time. I'm just like sitting here grinning ear to ear with my like morning latte. Like this is such a fun conversation. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to have you on my podcast so that like we could be in reverse positions because I know you have a lot to share in terms of like corporate life and and maybe you've shared that on the podcast before, but I was like, we get each other in terms of like what you sometimes go through in pursuit of your dreams and in pursuit of like where intuition is leading you. It's not always beautiful. It gets a little messy sometimes and that's okay. Oh, a hundred percent. Actually, just to quickly summarize my, my experience is like, you know, I'm 31 years old now. And it's like up until the age of 29, I'd worked so many different jobs. Like I've literally had like 20 different jobs. And in that I was a teacher. I was a personal trainer. Like, you know, I had legitimate career paths going on in there, but it was funny because I, I started out as an athlete and then I went to university, became a teacher. I I went to China. I taught for a year. I moved to Toronto. I became a personal trainer for three years. And through that is where I discovered coaching. And it was actually through the personal training and noticing that my clients who were able to produce the results they wanted had a really great mindset. And then I just all of a sudden got obsessed with that and dove into that and specifically became a coach. But it's funny because my teacher background and my, and my personal training background is like still relevant, but it was like part of my story. And even when I was teaching, when I was in China, I was teaching at a BC curriculum school and I was a planning teacher. So I'm teaching about nutrition, I'm teaching about health, sex ed, I'm teaching about, you know, all these important things like career, like it's basically life coaching for students. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. But I, I just look back and I'm like, man, and when I was in China, I was miserable. I did not. I, it was really hard to live there. It was such a culture shock. And even living in Toronto, like that was that was hard too. I'm like not a hardcore city girl, but it was just so funny because through all of that hardship, and I know you can relate to that obviously because you just shared, it's like incredible when you start to pay attention to the guidance, like the intuition. And instead of listening to your mind, like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. You know, I had a lot of shoulds around, oh, you should you should be a teacher, Kayla, because then you're going to get you know, this and a pension and this and whatever and stability and so on. But it's not actually what I wanted to do. And I think it takes guts to pursue what you want to do, especially when you were sharing how you were given such incredible opportunities with the scholarship and so on. And you're like, how could I say no to this? Like this was given to me to pursue, like, how can I turn this away? And so I think, you know, it takes so much bravery to, just go for what you want. And it's not always easy just because it's something that you want. doesn't mean that it's going to be equal, like air quotes here, easy to do it. It just means that it's actually going to light your soul up. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. And I know in terms of personality tests and human design, I love them all. Like I'm an Enneagram three and like, that just means being very motivated by achievements and 
sometimes when you have a personality type like like mine, like I'm really driven by by achievement and that can look like what's on my resume. And so like, is it gonna look better to work at Target Corporate on my resume? Yeah, I mean, I already worked for like the corporation of Target, but like I wanted to be even cooler and like go work at the 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 fun headquarters with the snacks and the whole thing. But I, the gift I gave myself in, you know, I still work full time. I, I don't know how much longer, like, I don't know what the, the future looks like in terms of like doing my business or working full time, but I actually love my job, right? Like I actually like it because it fills me up to teach people things. I'm just doing it in a different way that happens to also be a steady paycheck. And the gift that I've given myself really is not just a job that I love, but now as I'm building my business, I have the freedom to follow my intuition and the freedom to do things however that F I'd like, because I don't have this pressure of like, all right, this needs to pay the bills this month. And eventually, right? I think it will, I'm calling my shot right now. Like it'll become abundant enough that that's not a, that's not ever going to be a problem, but I love being able to take really good care of people in, in the interim. And I hope that people who are, you know, side hustlers or whatever you want to call us, like hear that because it's important, right? Oh yes. I'm so happy you brought this up. This is a perfect segue conversation because I've been very open that I'm also still working, you know, a nine to five corporate job while also growing my business. And it's funny because I landed this job last year in March. So March, 2020, and it was remote. It paid really well. Like I did the same thing that you did where I literally had a list of like, this is what I want. These are my expectations. And it happened and it ended up actually being a a job that involved sales, which I actually really love sales. And I have that experience from personal training and it's a company that's a fitness app. So it's like my personal training experience was completely relevant because it involved like business conversations about growing your business online. And I was like, this is so funny. Like it just, I'd never heard of the company before. And I just, they just popped up on like indeed.com and I applied for them right as we started going into the pandemic. So the timing of things sometimes just absolutely blows my mind. But what I wanted to get into more specifically was just like the reality of being a full-time employee while growing your business online. And what I see so much of is just like this veil on social media where there's just a shame, like, Oh, if you're not full-time in your business, then you're not doing it right. Or, you know, it's like until you have a full roster of clients and you're not actually a coach or until you have the, the 10 K months and so on, then, you know, you don't actually have a successful business. Like I feel like there's, so much heaviness in terms of what it means to be successful online and like everyone not not every this is a generalization but I am going to say everyone wants to have the 100k year and so on and it's like I don't know it just it's almost like the journey itself of getting there is being forgotten and underappreciated because it's so focused on the end goal and so I'm curious to hear your input on that because you and I have like had you know really honest conversations about this and this is definitely something I wanted to talk about because I I think it's important to normalize the journey because eventually us and others who are growing their business and working a corporate job are not going to be able to speak to this audience anymore because we'll be full-time in our, you know, coaching business or our entrepreneurial business, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first I'll say I would have 100% got caught up in the like six figure, seven figure, make seven figures from your toilet seat. Like I love those things. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like 
as people who are dedicated to like spiritual, emotional, and personal growth, it's only natural that we want to move up into the next level of what that looks like. And like income is just one of those ways that like your growth reflects where you are at. So there's no shame in the other side of it, but I've gotten stuck in the story of like, I'm not valuable and I can't be a good coach or I can't launch a course until I make six figures. But like, that's like, let's, let's break that down for a second. How are you going to make six figures with like a course or a program or whatever, if you don't launch it? Like if I could like talk to myself two years ago in this journey, I've, I've been kind of entrepreneurial for about five years, but I've really only been like serious in business for a little under two years, like actually creating digital products and courses and coaching. Um, she was sitting there, LJ of the past, being like, I have one $37 program. Like it's like a newsletter program and I haven't become a millionaire yet. Like what's going on? And I was like, now I would say to myself, like, it, it, A, the fact that you can make a couple sales a month of that program is a gift. And B, how do you, like, can you just sit, just please take out your calculator right now and please do the math for me about how long it's going to take you to get to like a six figure year, let alone a million dollar year or a million dollars at all with a $37 product. And before that I was, I actually had a company where I published journals where I was making like $2 per journal that I sold. So that was going to take even longer. So there's a little bit of like, you know, a, a growth spectrum that you go through where like slowly as you get better and you build more knowledge and you become more of an expert, you're able to charge more. But I think we fantasize this idea that like, we're just going to pop up into the universe one day and be like, all right, now I have a thousand dollar course. Now I have a, this, and therefore, like if I sell it to 200 people, like 250 people or whatever, I'm now a millionaire. Right. But you have to show up first. Like I know for certain that if you don't show up because you don't think you're worthy because you haven't made X number of dollars, like you're literally never going to make X number of dollars. And it's just that permission slip to, to show that that's the permission slip you've, you've clearly given yourself too, which is to show up in the process and like let let people in and let them see. But the other thing, and this is, goes back to mindset, I got lost in the story of like, I'm not worthy until I make X dollars. And I almost forgot who I was for a second. I had to go back in and say, hold on. Growing up, my single mother, my single mentally ill mother and I had less than $1,000 a month to live, right? I'm making almost that much from a side business can we just like can we just go back to ourselves for a minute and say like you know to give ourselves the perspective that that money however small you may think it is as it's coming in would mean the absolute world to somebody else who who doesn't have it and that like energetically until you appreciate that amount coming in it's like how are you going to expect that the universe, God, whatever is going to give you more of that. So for me, my business is all about gratitude for exactly where I'm at right now. Nothing more, nothing less. Like this moment, regardless of the dollar amount is I'm incredibly grateful for it. That is the mindset and nothing has ever helped me be more abundant and continue to grow faster. I, this is, yes, that this is so much. Yes. <laughs> like speeches for a second, just because gratitude 
is completely underestimated. And I think that it is something that everyone has access to in terms of you could literally just be grateful for the air that you're breathing. You know what I mean? And, and, or even just having consciousness or just being alive. Like there's such simple, simple, simple things to be grateful for that will immediately fill your heart like energetically with just a higher vibration and like to feel good. And I think that that's such an important point that you made. And there's something else I wanted to dive into that you said I thought was really great was you talked about giving yourself permission. And I think one of the things that I've seen myself included, but also just entrepreneurs online is like waiting for others to give them permission. Like, oh, once somebody likes your post, comments, or invests in your program, or responds to your story, or listens to your podcast, whatever it is, like, oh, that's the permission to keep going, and that, oh, that means that you're doing a good job, and that it's worthy enough. And so I think we, we like, sit back too much and wait for permission from others, when really it means, like you said, like, we have to give ourselves permission, because ultimately, we're the ones that will create the services, or the offers, or the help that we're going to give people, but like we're creating that to give to them and for them to receive it. So the permission has to come from us. And I think that this is something that gets forgotten in, in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, um, I've started thinking of it as kind of like this little internal thermostat, right? I definitely was one of those people in my early, even though I was becoming a coach, right? There's always a coach for a coach for a coach for a coach, right? That's like always going to be true. But I was looking for somebody who could like give me permission to like show up and shine and be honest and be truthful and to even start the the business in the first place. But you're right that at the end of the day, while you can model other people and a coach can help you kind of like get out of your mindset or the ways that you're stuck, you have to give yourself permission. And I just think like, you know, if manifestations worked in such a way where like when I say, okay, there was that version of me who like had made a couple hundred dollars online is wishing and wanting to make a million dollars. If I were just able to take the thermostat and like turn it up to a thousand degrees, I think that would have like crushed me, right? Like I wouldn't have had any of the tools or the capacity to really take that in, right? So every step along the way, I'm just taking the, the, the internal thermostat and I'm just turning it up like one degree. Because sometimes when I turn it up really high, even now, and this is always going to be true. It's like every time I turn up the thermostat and like, instead of just like a little one degree shift, I try to make like a five degree shift. That's when I have those moments of like, I'm on my back in bed, like my body hurts. And I'm like, all right, we just grew really fast. All of a sudden, like, I feel like those thoughts come up. Like, maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe, maybe I'm like, no, I don't belong here. Like I'm a fraud and like everybody's going to find out tomorrow that like, I don't know absolutely everything in the universe ever in existence about digital marketing. Like I don't, I don't know this one software. So therefore like, I don't deserve to be here. Right. So it's like, it's the subtle, it's the subtle shifts that make the most impact. It's interesting because I recorded a podcast episode recently and I was talking about how my boyfriend, he's a CrossFitter and he was competing in the open and there's like this athlete who's in the top five and he, long story short, completed the workout in 10 minutes and my boyfriend completed it in like 12 something. And the difference in time for repetitions was half a second. It was the accumulation of half a second over like, you know, two minutes, obviously, that 
landed him to be like thousands of places, you know, quote, beneath him as an athlete on the boards. And so I just thought this is so interesting because it just goes to show that it's those those little moments and those little like half a second reps that make a difference because that is ultimately what, for example, landed this person to be in one of the top CrossFit athletes in the world, right? And I think that we think, you know, there's this glorification of quantum leaps. And it's just like, it's not always about that. And the irony is that those quantum leaps like have the foundation of these little half second reps of whatever it is you're doing on a daily basis, you know, that those, those repetitions literally might be, you know, just us interrupting ourselves when we start to think, oh, I'm not worthy or, oh, I don't know enough or they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. Like those just one, two, and three, getting rid of those thoughts and choosing, nope, where I am right now is exactly where I'm meant to be. This is what I've achieved so far. This is what I'm grateful for. This is the direction that I'm going in. Like everything I'm safe, everything is working out for me. And that's, I think that this is why the business coaches and a lot of people online, like they just say like, you know, your business is 20% strategy and 80% mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Tony Robbins always says it's like the two millimeter shift. And I never quite understood what he meant by that until I now see it. And I think your analogy of kind of like fitness or athletics is perfect because it's the things that we don't see, right? You're right. I love what you said about like the quantum leap. It's like, I went from $0 to a bajillion dollars overnight. Like now I'm here. We think we love that story, but we actually aren't even that interested in somebody who went from zero to a million, because like, we can't see that possibility for ourselves. It is the people who like open up and show that they just been adjusting a little bit over time. And it really does matter, right? The 1% every day or the little tiny shift. And I mean, that's, that's all my life is. And so I feel so much more peaceful. I think that's important to say is like, I feel so much more peaceful being intentionally very happy with exactly where I am and those, those small shifts versus like, I was just kind of like sending myself down another path of misery by thinking like, well, nobody's going to want to see my business. Nobody's going to want to look at me until like my branding is perfect and done by somebody else. And I have a top ranked podcast and I've been in Forbes and I've made six figures and I've done like, those are all dreams. Right. But like thinking that you're just going to arrive there and that's like when everybody's going to give you like love and appreciation and where you're going to like feel like you're on top of the world. It's just a pathway to misery. Yeah. And it's so funny because in hearing your sharing and just our conversation right now, what I'm noticing is that let's say as a business owner, we think, okay, I need to make things look big and shiny because that's what people want to see. But the irony is that like, let's say our audience or our clients are watching us and they're looking for relatability because as, as humans, like we're, we naturally want to connect with one another. And it's so funny because I'm not sure if you saw the, the whole thing blow up online with Rachel Hollis. Yes. Okay. So she, long story short, was called out for being racist. And one of the things that she talked about was not being relatable. And I think that putting, it was ironic in that situation specifically, she put herself on a pedestal of being someone who's not relatable because she gets up at 4am and she can quote, pay someone to clean her toilets and so on. But it's like her declaring herself and creating that environment where she's not relatable, literally cut like hundreds of thousands of people off. And like, she lost a hundred thousand followers and was called out literally 
over 20,000 times. I'm not even exaggerating on her posts. Like the comments were surreal. And, and so I think that we underestimate, we get so caught up in wanting to look good and just think that looking good means that we're safe, that we forget like the power of vulnerability and being relatable. And even when there's been times where I've like, I'll be sharing like mindset things and spiritual things and, and whatever and doing polls and stuff in my stories. And then I'm not getting much engagement. And then I'll just come out on a whim and share, oh yeah, this is where I'm at mentally right now. Like I'm actually just, you know, for example, in April, I'm really not in the mood to create much and I'm, this is what I'm doing and so on. And then all of a sudden I get people messaging me like, wow, like, you know, thank you for sharing that and how, you know, you're stepping back and this is how you're feeling. And I was like, oh, like, it's just, it was just such on a whim to share vulnerably. And then all of a sudden that's where the connection comes from. And I think it's, it's completely underestimated and people feel unsafe to be vulnerable, but you know, some people have great reasons and experiences of why they don't want to be vulnerable because of past trauma, which is completely valid. But there, there really is something so powerful in, in being willing to open up and, and just be real. I love that, that you said that because it's, it's one of those things where, especially in the like space that I occupy, like we're talking about email marketing, we're talking about just like kind of online digital marketing in general, there's a lot of formulas out there and I actually don't teach formulas. Like it's just not part of my business model. Like everybody wants to like, just do what steps one, two, and three. Now I might like break things down into steps so that people can implement something, but it's not like, Hey, copy and paste this email template and then do this one. And then like, you'll make six figures. I always have, and that's why I'm so glad that I have like a little bit of that, like life coachy, spiritual entrepreneur background to bring in with everything because I have the same experience, which is that like, if I were to go to my social media analytics right now, or any other marketing analytics that I have, my most engagement is always those moments where like, it wasn't planned. I'm telling a story that I've just kind of healed from. Like, I think that's a key thing is that I think what you were saying about like, yeah, some of us like, we, we're not ready to like be vulnerable. And that's another, that's like the shadow side of that, which is that like now our marketing industry tells you like, just be vulnerable all the time and tell everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. And then you'll be relatable and people will engage with you. And it's like, that's, there, there's, there's fake polished on one end of the spectrum, right? That is like, I'm so important and on top of the mountain and you can't reach me up here. And then there's like the other end of the spectrum, which is I'm so vulnerable and I've been through such traumatic, crazy things that I haven't quite healed from yet, but I'm gonna share it with you because it, I feel like I have to. And then there are some kind of happy medium where like when I share something, and this would be my advice to anybody who's trying to figure out where they lie on that spectrum, it's like when you feel like you can talk about it because you're, you're ready to share the lesson and you feel healed enough. Like it doesn't mean that you won't be nervous. Like the, the, the time that I started telling my story about like how I grew up and my parents, my parents like men, met in a mental institution. Like that's just how they met and the, like how that turns into somebody who is now me telling that story. I was shaking a little bit when I went to go tell it because there's all these fears that come up about like what, like, am I going to trigger people? Like, is this going to upset somebody who has like a similar story? Are they even going to understand? Are they going to be, like some things that are completely irrational, like are they going to be offended, right? Are they going to say, stick to your, stick to your marketing stuff. We don't want to hear this side of you. All these things come up, but you can be shaking and you can be nervous and you can feel like, okay, I'm about to kind of bare my heart or my soul. 
but it's not something like where you haven't healed from it. It's like you've healed from it and you're ready to pass on the lesson and say, here I am just in my wholeness and my fullness. This isn't about hashtags. This isn't about engagement. This is just me sharing something because it like, it came from my soul. Right. And that's, I think that's what we're all aiming for. I think that's what Rachel Hollis was aiming for, for a long time. She became famous because she showed her stretch marks. She became famous because she talked about how, when she jumps on a trampoline, she pees a little bit. And like, we all see ourselves in that piece of her. And that's what we're trying to embody in the online space as much as possible with a little device that only shows a square of our life or a slide of our life. It's hard to be authentic. In fact, it's probably impossible, right? Yeah. To be 100% yourself, but you, you try your best and you try to show people who you really are or else you're going to exhaust yourself. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And it is, it is a balancing act, right? I think that, you know, it's just, there's also this, this possibility too of sharing for validation. And I think that that's, that's kind of a, a line that could be towed in terms of like showing up and being authentic and just feeling like, oh, I have to share everything and not in the sense of being vulnerable, but just oversharing. And I think it really, it really is going to take, like we talked about earlier, tapping into that guidance and that intuition and just really being like, okay, is this what I want to share right now? And I think that's something that I found was really helpful that when I became an entrepreneur, like I was sharing things that lit me up or things that I've gone through and dealt with. And it, it was never, there's times where I've definitely asked like, oh, what do you want me to talk about? Or what do you want me to share? Like if I do a poll or something in my story or on my podcast or whatever, and sometimes I get crickets and there's literally like, nobody will say anything. And then, you know, there's the opportunity for me to make it mean like, oh, they're not interested. They're not engaged. Like, what's the point? Like, there's just a lot of repressive shadows that can come up there. But instead, like, if you think about it, when you're becoming an entrepreneur and you're growing your own business. Like you were talking about earlier, how this is such an opportunity to have a space for creative flow and just for it to be pressure free, especially having a nine to five where you get that freedom to create and know that you still have that financial stability. Like I, I a hundred percent relate to that. And I think that, you know, me taking the time to tap into myself, mean like what is really inspiring me? Like that is literally the content that goes out and it, it becomes relatable. And that's, that's what people are like, oh my gosh, I totally get this. And that is what authenticity is, is like looking inwards. What is my message? Like, what is it that I want to share and trusting that that is valuable and that is enough. And it is worthy to you know put your voice out there and to be vulnerable or even just to share like uncertainty. You know, like I've, I've definitely done that where I've gone on stories or wrote a post and I'm like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't have my shit figured out. And then all of a sudden people are like, wow, me neither. When, like you said, this entire life that we have right now, especially being so virtual because of the pandemic is like these little squares and these little reels and these little swiping left and right and whatever. And it's just, it's not, it's not the reality of being like living in physical form. You know, everything is so virtual now, which is like insane. It's a blessing. And it's also a curse at the same time. Yeah. I think it's, it's so helpful in like the marketing context, but it's not as helpful in the, in the humanness and the relationship building. And I am still so grateful for the DMS and like to be able to hop on a zoom call and like meet somebody who literally lives in a, like another country in a different time zone. Like I'm so grateful for that. But I also know that showing your humanness is difficult and it's, it's hard also when it's tied to your business, right? Like 
there is an aspect here that we are exchanging energy and services and everything else for monetary value or at least for engagement and people showing up and consuming our free stuff and so you know you also get to have boundaries around how much of your personal life you show like you know gary v might not be like my favorite person on the face of the planet but he's like a loud kind of entrepreneur marketer that a lot of people know one thing that i really respect about him for example is that like he has defined his own boundaries you will never see his family on his social media even though he's a personal brand even though he's loudmouth and opinionated and you know is very successful on social media like that's the line that he draws and i think we all have to just learn to draw our own lines in the sand around like it's not to say that we're inauthentic if we don't show everybody every little piece of our life it's just to say we draw that boundary like for example my partner is like a very private man he does not like he is not the instagram boyfriend like he does not want to be in the background he doesn't want to take cute selfies together and what i have to believe this is like the the kind of healed part of it is like that means nothing about a my relationship or b how people should perceive me online like i'm not giving relationship advice right necessarily i might mention it from time to time in fact funnily enough on valentine's day i actually shared the hollis's the original couple dave and rach before they divorced like i shared that as an example to show and remind people not to not to throw them under the bus but just to remind people that what people show online isn't always the truth right in their case a lot of people were upset with them because they were actually still giving marriage advice like in the weeks leading up to the to the time that they announced that they were separating and that we have to separate what we think is happening in our life from what's happening out on instagram land and like what we think is realistic or true for our own so that that's an important part to me and i'm always redefining what those rules look like for myself for the people in my life, but you get to decide, do you want to show your kids on social media? Yes or no, that is your choice. Even if a guru tells you, well, if you show your puppy or your kid, like you're going to blow up, you get to decide. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I, I love that you shared this because I think when we come from the corporate world and just the corporate world, there's so much structure in place and there's so many expectations and box to check and so on. And so just reminding ourselves that there's freedom in being an entrepreneur where you get to decide what your boundaries are, what your expectations are, what your goals are. You know, there's, there, there is that level of freedom. That's a privilege of being an entrepreneur. And I think that you just like summarize that so beautifully and just really reminded us that, yeah, don't believe everything you see on the internet. <laughs> I mean, and there's, there's the other side of it, which is I love, I love opposite ends of the spectrum. That's like my favorite theme clearly, but I get a lot of people, especially people who have been in corporate, who will come to me and be like, Lissa, LJ, I love your reels. You're just so like funny and goofy. Like, how do, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they want, they want the one, two, three strategy. They want the like, first you show up and you start with a funny hook and then you do this and then you do that. And I can certainly share my processes, but like I share what makes me laugh and that makes other people laugh. Like I love having a comedic part of my brand, but what's important to know about that is I was not always that way. When I was still stuck in that story of like, you have to be polished and you have to get a corporate job. Like if, if I go look in my closet right now, I've got a bunch of like wool, business suits like collecting dust there was a version of me who was so stiff and so even though the underlying me the true me always has been like a comedian and loves to like 
find the observational humor and things. I've always been that way since I was a little kid, but in that stage of my life, I got really stiff and really serious. And I thought only if I use my radio announcer voice and I'm very serious at all times, will anybody take me seriously? And one of the most transformational moments in my business, this was about two years ago, I was on a women's business retreat and my friend, Lisa, funny, it's Lisa and Lisa. See, like nobody can get our names straight, which is really funny. But she was like, girlfriend, you are so funny. Like, did you know that you're really funny? She's like, but, and here's where she gave me tough love that I so desperately needed. She was like, that's not the character you play online. Like you get online and you're like, let's talk about email marketing, like A-B testing. I, I hadn't let that part of myself show yet. And this goes back to our theme of permission slips, which is I had to say, you know what? Take the wall down take a deep breath and just do what you would do if you were being yourself. And like, that's had way better results than like whatever I was trying to do before. And that's, that's just what authenticity is. It's like how, if this camera, if I hold up my phone, if this camera were not here on me right now, what would I actually say? What would I actually do? What would I laugh at? What would I want to say to someone? And when I stare into the eyes of that little iPhone I often will picture that it is my friend that I'm speaking to. And that helps me speak from the heart and, and be the most authentic that it's possible to be on Instagram or wherever else you're sharing. That's it. That's, that's, it's that simple. Yes. I love that you shared that. And obviously to the listeners, if you're an entrepreneur or you're showing up online, just imagine your little camera iPhone is your BFF watching you through that hole <laughs> and just show up. And it's so true. It's, I think what's funny is that no matter how much we, we try to be polished and this and that and be how we think people want to receive us, it's people can sniff out bullshit so easily. Like they know when you're not showing up or when you're just not being real. And I don't mean you specifically, I mean, as a generalization, like they know when people are not being authentic. And uh, so I think it's just, again, comes back to trusting the intuition and just balancing the vulnerability and the authenticity and all of it. Like it's just the whole experience of being an entrepreneur is, is just a beautiful journey, just a constant unfolding. And I think it's hilarious that we feel like there's this destination to get to like this finish line to cross and there just never will be. And so I think that that that's another way to allow us to live in the, in the moment and appreciate where we're at and also just having that gratitude. So yeah. Just be yeah. more interested in the person that you're becoming than like the end destination. And it's something we all have to remind ourselves of constantly. It's like, I'm doing this because of how many people I'll help along the way and because of who I'm becoming along the way, but not because like when I'm in my grave, I'll have like, she made bajillions of dollars on the grave. It will be like, she impacted thousands of people and here's what she was known as and you know, one thing that I often say is like, will your followers be at your funeral? And that just sobers me like right up. Hopefully I impact some of them enough that they will be right. Cause they'll actually be friends, which is all I, we could do a whole nother podcast on that, which is that like, I believe that you can be friends with your, with your clients, with your followers, that you can build relationships. Whereas a lot of people say, mm, no, don't do that. I don't choose to live by that rule, but yeah, it's, it's all about the the journey of becoming and i we so agree spiritually and mentally on that that it's great to have have somebody who's a partner in that and shares that same message oh yeah i love what you just said i've never heard of that will your followers be at your funeral 
It's sobering. I mean, I've watched a few entrepreneurs pass who have passed away. Um, I can think of one. She was actually that the six figure chick. Her name was Cece and she had built a multiple six figure business. I mean, hence the, the name. Um, and a lot of people admired her and, and loved her and she had great content, but when she passed, she was fighting cancer for a long time and she had a separate business, which was juicing and green juice. Um, and she was working very hard to heal herself, but ultimately did pass. And that was a big sobering moment for me to realize actually a lot of her followers who felt that they had been served by her actually. And I came up with this, that was like a download that I got. Will your followers be at your funeral before this happened? But I watched a lot of her followers actually arrange to go to the funeral. And, you know, I couldn't think of, it's all about the legacy, right? For me, it's like, what legacy will I leave behind? And will I be proud of it? Or will I say that? I waste, it's really heavy, but like, there's something about mortality that like makes you face, okay, like, what am I really doing here? What, what really is my intention? Like, am I going to be proud of this in a hundred years? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I really loved our conversation today. I think it was so interesting, you know, just kind of looking back in the last hour is we totally just took like little bite-sized pieces, you know, talking about that half wrap situation and like present moment where we're at literally to the grand scheme of like, what's the legacy that we're leaving in a hundred years? <laughs> we, we, and, and actually it's hilarious. Cause you literally just said, I love talking about both ends of the spectrum. And here we are <laughs> just the entrepreneurial journey from your half a second rep to like a hundred years later and having your followers at your funeral. Like, it's just, that is so funny. Oh my gosh. Before I wrap things up, I would love if, you know, if there's any last minute things you wanted to say and then also share where the listeners can find you on social media, that would be amazing. Well, this has been lovely. I want to thank you for having me. This is like, I enjoyed this conversation. So I hope that anybody who's, who's listening will also enjoy it and get something out of it. And I know we would both love to hear from you if something resonated so that we can chat more about it. Um, in terms of where you can find me, you can find me at market-her.com and I'm also on Instagram that's where I'm most active at the.market.her I've got some upcoming programs about email marketing and I'm all about the energetics of that and if you feel called to start doing some email marketing to serve better and grow your business that's that's where you can find me best serving you Thank you so much for the conversation today. I loved it. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. And of course, if you can like and subscribe to the channel. And if you share this episode, make sure you tag us as well, because we obviously want to hear what you think. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll chat with you in the next episode.